0: Hey there, Mike Stelsner. Just before today's podcast on LinkedIn video, I just wanted to share that you might have heard the news that we've abandoned Facebook video a couple of weeks ago. And you might also be thinking, hmm, are there other places where I can actually experiment with video? Well, it just so happens that we have a lot of sessions at Social Media Marketing World that go way beyond Facebook. And those include sessions on YouTube video, Instagram video, and of course today, LinkedIn video. So if you're thinking about wanting to get more professional development beyond this podcast, consider coming to Social Media Marketing World. You can check it out by visiting socialmediaworld19.com. And now onto the show.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello,
0: hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2019, the event you know you wanna go to. Today, I'll be joined by by Goldie Chan and if you don't know who Goldie is she is a LinkedIn video expert and we're going to dig in on LinkedIn video. By the way if you want to reach me email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com and now and now for this week's brand new discovery.
1: Helping you stay alive in the social jungle here is this week's survival tip.
0: Today I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery what'd you find Eric?
1: I found a really cool photo app that basically makes all of your photos and videos look like the movie Inception. So, so we got to explain what that means. Then. Yeah,
0: go ahead and explain what that means.
1: So in the movie Inception, there's this whole bending of time and space and and actually the, the movie, uh, what's it called? Doctor Strange also does this, where it's like folding architecture and surroundings in on itself. It mirrors itself in weird kaleidoscopic type ways, and you get up, you get some really cool artistic results when you do this.
0: Yeah. So, for example, on their website, they show a skyline that is um, across the bottom and across both sides. And in another example, they show a um, they show a river with it looks like a river with uh, buildings on one side and then they're mirrored on the other side, but they're folded like 90 degrees kind of thing. So this creates kind of warped... um folded in on each other, mirrored images of whatever you, you photographed. Is that the best? Is, yes. Am, am I describing yeah. that right? Okay. Yeah,
1: that, that's exactly it. And so then and when I saw this and I started to see what some of the people were doing, I couldn't help but think of the big, long circle corridor in the San Diego uh, Convention Center where we do social media marketing world right. and wanting to play with this app in that space.
0: It almost reminds me of... An optical illusion. That's probably the best yes. way to describe this, right? Yes. It's like those the hand drawing itself kind of optical illusion. And it, it, so, how does the app work? Explain it.
1: So essentially, you can either take photos or videos in the app live with the different filters um, or different you know different reflective uh, modes. You can switch between them as you're shooting, or you can import videos and images from your phone existing and then work with them that way. So it's it's pretty straightforward.
0: So I would imagine the businesses that are listening right now, if you have any kind of outdoors kind of a shot, I mean, it seems like almost all the examples they're showing are outdoors or things that are uh, architectural in nature, right? That might not normally look normal in this kind of a fashion. Yes. This is something to mess around with. Um, what do, so you can do this with video as well?
1: Yeah, so it can you can even do video. I've seen examples where, for example, it's a static shot of a building, uh, you know some architecture, some street there, and one person is walking and gets about halfway through the frame and then they disappear and somebody else is walking the other way where they used to be the opposite direction and hmm. it's really kind of trippy. so <laughs> you know the video possibilities are huge.
0: So if you want to create trippy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, shots for your Instagram account or other social networks. This is the app. So, what does it cost? Where do we find it?
1: It's $1.99 and it's over on the iOS App Store, or you can find it at inceptionapp.com. Basically, the word Inception without the I or N C E P T I O N A P P.com.
0: Now, you've tried this out yourself.
1: I do. I bought it. I've been playing with it. Like I did some cool trippy stuff with, you know, again, my, my son was like, Hey, there's two of me there <laughs> and different things like that. Is it, so. is it
0: real time or is it kind of take a little while to process and then pop off? No, know? it's
1: yeah. It's no, it's like literally real time as hmm. you record it.
0: Fascinating. It's very cool. Thank you so much, Eric, for bringing us this new find. You're welcome. And now for today's interview with Goldie Chan,
1: helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide.
0: Today, I'm excited to be joined by Goldie Chan. If you don't know who Goldie is, she is a LinkedIn video expert and she produces a daily video show on, guess what? LinkedIn, focused on marketing. If you want to check out her show, visit bit.ly slash daily G-O-L-D-I-E. She also has a few courses on lynda.com, including LinkedIn video marketing for personal and brand pages. Goldie, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Well, I'm excited to explore LinkedIn video. Um, I don't know if you heard, but recently we announced uh, all over the place that we have abandoned Facebook video for the most part. And I just put out a, a podcast literally today, Wednesday, October 24th, as of this recording, that we have decided to no longer focus on Facebook as a video platform, so I thought, wow, what great timing to bring Goldie on to talk about LinkedIn as an alternative video platform. So we're going to dig into that today. But before we do, I would love to hear your backstory. For those that can't see Goldie, her hair is green. That's part of her trademark. But I would love to know, like, how in the world did you get into LinkedIn video? Because obviously, there was something you were doing before LinkedIn video. So what got you from where you were to where you are now?
2: So I've been working in digital marketing for over 10 years, essentially focused on social media strategy, um, and also content creation on social media. So I've done it all. I've done the Facebook lives. (laughs) I've done Twitch content. I've done Instagram content. I've done Pinterest and I was taking a break in my career and I got into the LinkedIn video beta. Now I thought, this is the perfect time for me to actually just do content that I enjoy. So I did my first 50 videos on, um, branding and essentially walking people through metrics and numbers and historical facts around different pop culture phenomenons. So I got into LinkedIn video because I started with that beta, which was amazing. And then I was able to just kind of tailor it to what my personal interests were. And it's evolved into this beautiful, amazing daily channel where I have subscribers from all over the world. I have a subset of that, I want to say, 565 million users who are registered on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. I just got to say this. Pop culture and LinkedIn do not mesh in my brain. (laughs) What in the world made you decide to talk about something that doesn't normally seem to have a home on LinkedIn?
2: So one of the things that I... Thought would be interesting is I love pop culture personally, but I thought it would be interesting to take the filter of pop culture and think okay, what is the marketing and business impact of different pop culture phenomenons? For example, for Harry Potter, where did the majority of that marketing budget go to? Where did. Um, uh, for the movies you wh- mean? The for book. the movies yep. or the books um or the franchise in general and how are they merchandising it which i think that's a much more interesting question than just i'm a huge fan <laughs>
0: got it got it now what when you were when you were you know working in traditional marketing what kind of companies were you working with
2: so i was working with either tech startup um a little bit in fashion and then towards the the later ed edge of that I was working with entertainment specifically for legendary entertainment which handles some big blockbuster movies
0: uh, tell people more that I mean I think people would probably know some of those movies that are underneath that brand but can you elaborate a little bit on that
2: Sure. So one of the one of the biggest blockbusters in recent years was the King Kong franchise, wow. and they've also done a few other ones. Um, they did uh, the Great Wall with Matt Damon, so they tend to do movies that are meant to be cross cultural, so both in China and in the U.S.
0: Fascinating. What were you doing for them back then?
2: I was their director of social and community, so I was helping really strategize for both paid and organic social, as well as building their beautiful community.
0: Awesome. So when did you decide to go out on, I mean, are you still doing that right now? Or are you off on your own? What are you doing now?
2: So I am running my own social media strategy agency. I have some amazing, amazing clients that I work with. One of them is the Art Institute. Um, and I help them essentially figure out what is, what, how are they telling their stories? So how are they telling their stories in a way that will get for example, for the Art Institute, more people registering to join the Art Institute, more people coming and feeling really involved with the brand itself. So I help them with figuring out what kind of content and what kind of social media strategy would make sense. I also help C-level executives with figuring out their personal brands, both on LinkedIn and otherwise, which is always really fun. And I have to say, there was definitely one time where I got a text at 3 a.m. in the morning (laughs) from a C-level exec of a very important company. And they just messaged me with, should I post this on Instagram? Mm. (laughs) And this was a blurry picture of a horse hoof. (laughs) And they just asked, okay, would this be appropriate? Would my audience like this? And let me tell you, even for a horse aficionado, yeah. uh, Instagram. That is not good content for Instagram. Um, so it, it's always so interesting to work with C-level executives because these are brilliant leaders in their fields, brilliant, amazing speakers. You know, obviously running their companies, running their teams, but just sometimes, and they'll admit this themselves both themselves and their teams are incredibly clueless about branding on social media.
0: Absolutely. So you said you got in on the LinkedIn, you got in the beta on LinkedIn videos. So how long have you been doing videos on LinkedIn?
2: I have been doing videos on LinkedIn since August of 2017, which is just a little bit over a year ago. So I just hosted the Uh, link the official LinkedIn one year anniversary party that they held in New York with their video team there. And it's been such an amazing journey. I've been doing, like I said, daily videos, so I can actually track the way the product's been developing over uh, the past year, just because I've done a video every single day. So if there's ever a bug or any issues, I was there to witness it firsthand.
0: (laughs) Can you tell people how you are currently using LinkedIn video just so they can kind of visualize it?
2: Sure. So I currently use LinkedIn video to talk about marketing primarily, to also talk about branding, to document my travels. I travel quite frequently to different places around the world. I try to document also when I'm doing speaking, because I think that's some really good takeaway tips that they can learn from. And I also use LinkedIn video to build community. So I'm a very big proponent of building community whenever I can. And I've essentially created hashtag LinkedIn creators, which is the hashtag that most people who are creating content written or video or otherwise are now using on LinkedIn.
0: So we'll get into a little bit later, kind of the composition and the substance of some of these videos that you're creating and others that that others are also creating that you've seen on on LinkedIn. But um, I want to start, first of all, with the why question, because I know there's a lot of people listening right now that are um, marketers working for companies not all that different than Social Media Examiner. And they might be all in on YouTube or all in on Facebook. And why should they consider LinkedIn?
2: So they should consider LinkedIn because first of all, LinkedIn is just a completely separate platform. So the audience, the demographic on LinkedIn is completely different than say Instagram or Facebook. You have a lot of more top level people. You have gainfully employed people (laughs) or people who are seeking to become gainfully employed. You have a pretty even mix of male and female, it of course still skews a little bit more male. So that's a little bit of the average demographic and the the demographic is also a little bit older. So if you're thinking about putting out content, you're putting out content on LinkedIn to people who have buying power. Now, I think that's incredibly powerful. That is the biggest why ever, because they have the power to not only consume the content, but to purchase products based off that um, that piece of content. And I think it's something like 45% of all B2B marketers make purchasing decisions uh, based off things they see on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn and you're a B2B marketer specifically, you have a really good chance of getting some strong eyes on that could help you move sales.
0: Um, I would love to confess how i use linkedin and i would love to know i would love to know if 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 you have any insights or statistics about how others use linkedin mm-hmm. honestly i use i check linkedin once every couple of days to see if anyone has messaged me and i don't really use the feed occasionally i will share something off of our company page onto my personal profile but that's the honest truth about how i use linkedin now i may not be typical But I'm curious whether you find that people are just kind of checking and leaving on LinkedIn or whether it's actually becoming a little bit more like a destination, like Facebook. Do you have any statistics or any antidotal evidence or even your own experience on how people might be using it?
2: Well, I'll drop one statistic on you that's a little bit relevant, which is if you just add simply a photo onto your profile, you're 36 times more likely to receive a message on LinkedIn. Which (laughs) that is a lot more times more likely to start engagement on LinkedIn. So if you're involved on LinkedIn, you've built out your profile, you're much more likely to start receiving engagement. And then, of course, like you said, you're much more likely to log back in to see if you get messages because you're probably already getting a lot of messages. And I think just overall, it's an interesting split. I think there's about a third of the users who go on and they just check it and they leave, right? They might check it every two to three weeks, maybe every month, because that's how often they remember to just check LinkedIn. And then there's starting to be a nice one third bucket on LinkedIn who are actively creating content and we actively, super actively consuming the content that LinkedIn has, both content that's made by independent creators such as myself or content that's trending news stories that LinkedIn editors have picked up and they want people to comment on? For example, large corporate mergers.
0: I have noticed that there are, especially in the B2B world, it seems in the marketing world, there are people that are all in on Facebook and then there are people that are all in on LinkedIn and they tend to be very different people. Um, A lot of people seem to be migrating, if you will, to use that phrase. I think it's a good phrase, you know, from LinkedIn, I'm sorry, from Facebook over to LinkedIn because it feels so similar. Um, But, but the individuals that are over there are actually quite different. Like people I used to see very active on Facebook, like five or six years ago are now not active at all on Facebook, but they're very active on LinkedIn. So I do think there is an opportunity to be in front of a sub segment of your tribe that just doesn't want anything to do with Facebook. And I also think that there is permission to talk about business 24 hours a day on Facebook. I'm sorry, LinkedIn, where it's just not appropriate on Facebook. What's your thoughts on that?
2: Absolutely agree. So I think that there is definitely a migrating subset of, of users, of creators, of people, <laughs> marketers who no longer want anything to do with Facebook, except for, of course, Facebook ads, which is still the superior ad platform almost regardless of who you're targeting. and um, I, But I think besides that, if you want to think about just organic content, organic content creation and organic content creation for a brand, you're getting a little bit farther now with LinkedIn. So with Facebook, and I'm sure you've heard this phrase before, it's pay to play. So if you're not injecting money into Facebook, you are not getting your content seen. Now on LinkedIn, there's still so many things that you can do once again, written or video where you can get seen by doing organic LinkedIn content that has zero spend behind it, which is always attracted to us marketers (laughs) and you can still get seen on the platform. And once again, you can get in front of people who have the ability to spend money and that is still once again such a powerful concept it's the one platform where you know for sure people either have a job are looking for a job or you know want to promote themselves as as an entrepreneur but these it's everything is career oriented everything is business oriented
0: awesome so Moral of the story is: give it a shot, people. If you don't, I mean, if you have a a decent size following on your personal profile or on your company page, you know, you've got nothing to lose. And I can tell you that I definitely have seen a lot of the video views rival uh, for a much smaller audience, rival the same kind of views we get organically on Facebook. So, um, all right, let's go. Let's talk about what goes into creating a good video on LinkedIn because obviously you've been doing it more than most. So what advice do you have for folks that do want to create a video on LinkedIn? Can you just take the same video you put up on YouTube and stick it on LinkedIn? Or or is there something different we ought to be thinking
2: about? So absolutely not. Do not take the same video that you created for YouTube and just stick it on LinkedIn. You wouldn't do the same with Facebook, right? So if you had a video that you made. Oh, for you'd YouTube, be
0: surprised how many people do.
2: <laughs> I, and I know that people do it, but it's, it's a bad boo-boo on their part. And they shouldn't be doing that. So you don't want to just take a YouTube video and put it on LinkedIn. And this is why I think of LinkedIn because it's just over a year old now it's a little bit like young YouTube. So what did we have at the beginning of the YouTube cycle? We had a lot of shaky vlogs. (laughs) We had a lot of videos of people, you know, just trying out videos for the first time. They're not content creators necessarily, but they just want to try out the video function. So there's quite a bit of that actually happening still on LinkedIn, even a year later. So if you're putting the same super high graphic, You know, looks incredibly polished YouTube videos with, you know, maybe multiple subjects within that YouTube video onto LinkedIn, it will just not do as well because that's not what the ecosystem currently is used to. So you have to simplify down. And I mean that across the board. So each video has to have one simple subject. And this will help the people who consume your video content to. Get what you want to say, of course, because you're only talking about one thing. And I always tell new creators or new brands who are trying to make video content, make it short. So you can upload a video of up to 10 minutes long, but believe me, your audience will not be happy with you. If you upload a 10 minute rambling vlog that has nothing to do with anything. So you'll want to do a one minute video that has one clear subject where you give value. And I think that's the first takeaway that you want to think about when you're starting to get into LinkedIn video.
0: Okay. So you said one minute. Um, I think for a lot of people that kind of freaks them out a little bit, right? Because it's easy to just um, pull up the LinkedIn app, isn't it? And just record a video. Um, but it's hard to say something in only a minute. (laughs) Do you have any suggestions? Um, because you know, so many of the people listening might be used to consuming long form content, like a podcast, like this 45 minute show or writing long form content, like a multi thousand word blog post or doing live video, which is long form content. So to record a minute is pretty scary for people. What do you recommend?
2: So I think a minute forces you to be very eloquent. It forces you to be brief. So I recommend that you always write out what you're going to say just as a bullet point, just so you know what you're going to say. For example, if I knew that I'm going to get asked on three LinkedIn stats, I would write those three LinkedIn stats down. And then I would just essentially that way I can just recite them and I can keep it under a minute and it's a really clear, crisp video. And just personally, my, my personal aesthetic, I don't, I just don't necessarily like consuming on LinkedIn, a seven minute vlog that I would consume if I was on YouTube. And I might consume if I was on Facebook, because I'm so much more used to consuming more casual content on Facebook. And because on YouTube, YouTube's algorithm is really favoring those longer videos. So I'm getting served longer videos anyways. Now on LinkedIn, you want your audience, especially as you're growing your video audience for the first time, you want your audience to be able to take away really quickly what you're trying to get across. And that's how I think one minute videos where once again, you've laid out that those points that you want to get across. I think that's helpful.
0: Okay, for people that are listening, and I know a pretty significant portion of the people listening have never produced a video on LinkedIn, let alone maybe even consumed any because they're just not on there very often. How is the video presented? How does it work from a consumer's perspective? How do they see that video?
2: Okay. So they see the video in the feed and currently the video auto plays. And obviously depending on if you have your sound on or sound off, then it plays with sound on or sound off, which is why I always, always, always say, if you can use captioning, so there's two solutions that I personally wait, use. Wait, wait. Before
0: you go to the captioning thing, it's really sure. important, I think, for, for everyone listening to understand <laughs> that generally it's defaulted to off um, yeah. from what I recall, right? So it's generally, and, and they don't provide that I'm aware of any metrics to most of us to say what percentage has got the audio on or off. Is that, that's a fair statement. Am I right? They don't tell that you. Is,
2: that. that is a fair statement.
0: So, so we have to assume that the audio is off because the last thing you want to, do, I would imagine as a user is be scrolling through the feed and then all of a sudden have some sound come out of your phone. (laughs) Right. So, right. So, so now that everybody has that context and it's the same for many people on Facebook as well. So just keep that in mind. So if the audio is off now proceed with what you were saying, because I think people need to understand it's probably going to be off for most people. Right.
2: Right, so it's probably going to be off. And you also have to think about the demographics of people who are normally consuming videos on LinkedIn. You're having people who are on their commutes who are just watching video content on LinkedIn because that's when they'll open up LinkedIn. Um, or maybe they are at home, but they just have a few minutes and they it just happens to pop up on their feed. I always think you want to make that content as easy as possible to consume. And I think captioning does that. So the two, the two reliable sources of captioning that I tend to use one is an iOS app. It's called Clipomatic, and it allows you to record and it will caption live as you're recording a one minute video. So there you go. You're forced to do a minute anyways, and then you can go back and you can edit the captioning so that it's hundred percent accurate. By the and way, the- uh,
0: Clips also does that by Apple. Was that going to be your second one or did you have a different one?
2: I, I have a different one. I actually personally don't necessarily um, use clips. I like clip better for the accuracy. That's cool. But I, but I definitely have you know, other content creators who prefer clips more because they have sort of more fun features. Right. Um, but for me, I want to deliver the most accurate captions. And that's more important to me than necessarily cool, fun features.
0: So what was the other um, one you were going to recommend?
2: So the other one that I was going to recommend is Rev. Com. So yeah, we Rev, use we
0: use Rev, by the way, also.
2: So. Rev is excellent. So as I'm sure you know, so with Rev, you'll need to actually upload that video, and then they will give you back um, an SRT file or whatever kind of captioning file you want to use. And on LinkedIn right now, on desktop, you're able to upload an SRT uh, captioning file. So it won't actually bake it into your video, but you can upload a captioning file. I believe it's rolled out now to everyone uh, before it was in beta. And so you can do that.
0: So so the one the the um the other one was called what was it, Clip O Matic?
2: Clip O Matic.
0: Now does Clip O Matic kind of um record the video it doesn't does clip-o-matic allow you to take a video you've already recorded and then add the captions to it or do you have to use the camera on the clip-o-matic app and record the whole thing in one shot
2: you have to use the camera on the clip-o-matic app and record it all in one shot
0: yeah so so for some people that have like video production teams like we do that's not going to obviously work for you guys right (laughs) so that's where you want to use something like rev which is going to be a more accurate time stamped kind of thing that's generally perfect right
2: Yes, and Rev is is great for especially if you have really nice high production value videos. Cliplomatic is Cliplomatic speaks to the fact that there are and and I do this myself, quite a few people who vlog on LinkedIn and they make videos on the go. And so they want there to be captioning, but it's not necessarily tied to a very high production value video.
0: But it is baked into the video. It's not true, like uh, captioning, like you would see on television. It's actually just built right over the top of the video. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yes. So it's built right over the top of the video.
0: Uh, um, and can you download that to your camera roll so you can publish it technically anywhere?
2: So you cannot download the captioning. No, I mean, I'm at don't. the
0: actual clipomatic video recording with the captions written on it. Can you just can you publish that to other places other than LinkedIn? I guess is what I'm asking.
2: Absolutely. So what I've been starting to do is especially when I have a more casual vlog that I do, I'll record in cinematic. I will edit in, you know, special effects and things like that and then I'll upload it both to LinkedIn and then also if it makes sense for my Instagram audience, I'll upload it also to Instagram.
0: Sweet. So I'm assuming it goes square, vertical and horizontal or do you have to edit that in post production?
2: I edit it in post-production. I use a couple of different apps to size things differently. So I always think it's best to deliver in Square.
0: Got it. I do too. I'm starting to lean (laughs) that direction. Um, Okay. Good to know. So now as far as metrics go, oh, by the way, well, actually, let's talk about the shape for a second. Um, Does LinkedIn work with Square video, vertical video, and horizontal video, or is it just like landscape and Square?
2: So I think that there's optimal versions that you could do. So I prefer to only release videos as squares or as horizontal videos. You can release a video on LinkedIn that's uh, vertical. However, what you cannot control is how LinkedIn crops that video in the feed. Mm -hmm. So if you are doing, for example, a vlog, it might crop it so that it's focused on that person's chest. Now that for men or women,
0: Oh, so it, might literally, it might literally cut off. Optimal. It doesn't shrink it. It just so. chops the top off of it is what okay. I'm hearing you say.
2: Yes. So it doesn't shrink it. And when you, you know, when you click on it to maximize it, you'll see the full video. But in the feed, sometimes it, would, sometimes it will shrink it. So it'll just clip it a little. So it'll show it as a square. So if that's the case, I just want to deliver that video to LinkedIn either as a square or as a horizontal video.
0: The, the benefit of doing square one minute videos is you can technically publish them anywhere, right? You can do Instagram, right. and Facebook, the whole shebang. So that's, that's awesome. Right. Um, what metrics, if any metrics at all does LinkedIn provide on the videos for you as the, as the creator or publisher?
2: So as a creator, you can see how many video views your LinkedIn video has, how many likes, how many comments, And this particular feature is not always uh, on point, but sometimes you can see how many shares. Um, And you cannot see, unfortunately, if somebody, for example, quotes your video in a separate post where they write copy around the video and they reshare the video, you can unfortunately not see that as a share. But the way around that, of course, is to make sure that you add in hashtags so you can manually track it yourself.
0: Smart. Does it combine the viewing metrics of the shared videos with the posts that you did all into one like metric, if you will, of views?
2: So, if somebody has shared your video, and that means not, say, downloaded it and then uploaded it again natively, that will all combine for views.
0: Do you have any sense of what the minimum view is? On Facebook, it's three seconds. On YouTube, it's 30 seconds before they kind of view. Do you know what it is on LinkedIn?
2: I. Cannot release that. So there's no public
0: information on is what I'm hearing you say.
2: There's no public information on what constitutes a view on LinkedIn video.
0: So um, interpretation people, it's probably the same as Facebook. Um, and um, what, uh, you know, LinkedIn, if you're listening, and I know I have friends that work at LinkedIn, get us some metrics. What are you scared about? <laughs> because look, things that we care about, are really, you know, those graphs showing retention. Um, And obviously we want to know whether or not it's just kind of a a little, you know, we want to know if the audio is on or off too. I mean, these are, these are basic metrics. I hope that LinkedIn listens to this. I would encourage you, Goldie, to let your friends at LinkedIn know (laughs) to listen to this.
2: (laughs) Definitely. Well, you know what? And I will add in, there's a couple other things that are very different that you will get metrics on that are very different than video metrics on facebook or on instagram or twitter etc which is you get to see what are companies that have been primarily looking at this video oh what really? is their job function oh, that's so you'll see okay great i have a lot of ceos who are looking at this from nike um and then you'll also get to see location so okay great this video trended in london Perfect. Oh, wow. And then after that, it trended in Toronto.
0: <laughs> That's cool. That's a lot like a little bit like YouTube as far as the location stuff. And and I don't even think Facebook tells you, you know, user profile data on who's watching. That's what I love about LinkedIn is for the most part, LinkedIn is pretty good about sharing metrics, um, which which I think is really amazing. So um getting back to the video itself. So we've talked about how, in your case, you're doing square one minute videos. Um, do they allow thumbnails?
2: So LinkedIn does not currently allow thumbnails. So I always recommend that you hard bake, which is essentially you edit in the first one second to be, especially if you're doing a really nice high production value video, you should just hard bake in the first one second as a really nice starter screen. Now, if you're doing, of course, Say a vlog with clip-o-matic, then you just want to make sure that you are not making a weird face in the <laughs> in the first one second of your video. Or just in general, you just don't want to upload a video that has, say, a black screen for the first one second because that just won't look good in the feed, and people are a lot less likely to click on a video that has a black screen for the first one to three seconds.
0: So we can fake it is what I'm hearing you until thumbnails come out by just essentially putting a one second, if you will, I mean, and anybody who's savvy, you know, could just take a thumbnail and pop it into their video editing software and just say display for one second, because that'll be the first impression is what I'm hearing you say. And that will hopefully get them to unmute and watch the video. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say?
2: Absolutely. And I think it's always good, especially if you're a marketer and you're working with a brand, you want people to know what this video is about. So you want to have a really great first second. And once again, because I've seen this repeatedly from brands who are trialing out doing videos on LinkedIn, please don't do a black or gray screen as that first one to three seconds. It's not like YouTube. (laughs) You can't pick later um, a thumbnail that you can use, you have to use whatever is exactly that first one second.
0: Okay. Um, we've talked about the fact that there really is no thumbnail, but you've got a very creative way to deal with that. We've talked about how typically a minute, um, uh, just back to the length of the video. Um, if it's two minutes, is it a problem?
2: So right now I don't necessarily do videos that are one minute long. I actually do one minute long videos pretty rarely these days, but that's because my audience is used to me doing videos that are between, I would say three to five minutes. Okay. And so they're used to that time. So they're going to watch my videos for three to five minutes long. And I think though, for beginners or for people who are just starting out LinkedIn video, one minute is optimal. Now, as you're building your audience and your audience gets used to videos, say, if you, have com- if you have consistently done videos for two months, for three months, then you can start to get into longer videos and people will stay to watch those. I think starting with videos that are seven to eight minutes long, that's too long. Starting with videos that are two to three minutes long, that's, you're still relatively in the okay zone. But it's always better to give people a video that they'll finish, aka one minute.
0: Um, in the I want to talk a little bit about the algorithm. First of all, does the algorithm seemingly favor video over non-video? Have you found any from your personal experience whether or not you know the video seems to get a little more exposure since it's new?
2: So I think it really depends on, <laughs> I think the algorithm is the algorithm and it changes constantly, but I will share something that the engineering team released last week, which was all about the algorithm. It's a very long blog post on it. And essentially they said with the algorithm, what is favored is essentially content that comes from your connection. So it's not necessarily even video content. It could be written content. It could be status, status posts. Any of that content, if it comes from your connections, it's going to be a lot higher in the feed on LinkedIn than if it comes from an outside source. Like a page? Like a page.
0: Got it. So very important strategy here is if you have a team of employees, you might want to get them to uh, share that video, right? So that you can potentially get some more reach because their network effect will potentially come into play with whatever they share. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
2: Absolutely. And this, of course, may change, wink, wink, and the next (laughs) couple of months or so, if group, especially if pages and if groups video becomes prioritized in the feed, then, of course, all of this changes. But for now, if you are a individual personal page you will get served much more content from people who are also individual personal pages.
0: By the way, this is exactly what Facebook announced in February of 2018. So it sounds like they're following their lead. Um, Okay. So I want to talk about the text that goes around the video. Um, On YouTube, the text is under the video. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, depending on what the platform is, and you have a lot of text and you can put links on Facebook. You can also add quite a bit of text, but I think the text in the feed actually shows up above the video with a more button. So how does the text work with video on LinkedIn?
2: So with video on LinkedIn, it's been showing up in a couple of different ways. So once again, things are changing. This is why I say that even though video is technically not in beta anymore, it's still being developed as a product. So currently, video shows up in the feed as you see the first two lines of text above the video. And then there's our beautiful three dots (laughs) that are essentially see more. Um, However, sometimes video will also show up in the feed with the text fully expanded. So it will show up that way on occasion. Um, It really depends. And once again, I can't comment on what it depends on, but just know that it's important what are those two to three lines that you're writing first? It's incredibly important to know what those two or three lines are in case it is served with only those two or three lines with three dots. But it's also important to make sure that the rest of the copy is not, you know, I don't want, you want to swear on your podcast, but crap,
0: <laughs> right? No, it's okay.
2: And it's just not poor quality content. So you want to make sure that the rest of the, the content that text block is high quality. And what do I mean by high quality? Well, specifically, I mean, please do not tag 70 people in the body. Oh, but you can
0: tag people. That's good to know. Okay. So if someone's in the video, you could tag them, right?
2: Absolutely. So say there's two or three people, say the CEO of your company and the head salesperson of your company are featured in a video interview that you're putting on LinkedIn. You can, of course, tag those two people. And in fact, I highly recommend that. But what I don't recommend is spam block tagging people, which is now happening as more and more people are getting into video mm-hmm. and they want their videos to show up in people's feeds. So they're mass tagging people. And I feel like this is just not a good practice to tag more than, say, five people at a time, especially if they're completely unrelated to the video, because then it becomes Spam, and then, as you know, more people are more likely to just completely unfollow that person.
0: Um, how much text can you put with the video total?
2: Oh gosh, I used to know the exact character. Are we talking count. like?
0: Can, are we talking like? You know, like paragraphs of information?
2: Absolutely. So you can definitely put in paragraphs of information, and there is a character limit. And I want to say, if you're doing paragraphs, I believe essentially five short paragraphs, maybe three to five short paragraphs is what you can do, which is still quite a bit of content.
0: Can you put links? Can you put links in there as well?
2: So you're definitely able to put links. Yeah. Should you put links in? I'm reading
0: between the lines now. Should you put links in?
2: So you're able to put links into that content that goes above the video, but I would personally not recommend that. I would recommend that if you're going to do links to anything that's outside of LinkedIn, that you do that as a first comment below the video.
0: Can you pin comments on LinkedIn or no?
2: Absolutely. You cannot pin comments on LinkedIn.
0: (laughs) Is there a call to action link at the end of the video? Like on Facebook, there used to be like you could add a call to action at the end of the video and they could click and leave. But I don't know if LinkedIn does that or not.
2: So there's, it's very bare bones functionality with videos still. So there's no call to action um, there's no ability to link to anything once again, outside of LinkedIn. Hmm. And if you want to link to something outside of LinkedIn, which a, a lot of us do, because we're trying to get people to check out our product or our service or, or the company you'll want to once again, and I'm going to keep saying this, put it as the first comment.
0: So you've seen oh, it depreciate exposure in the feed is kind of what I'm hearing you say. If you add a link into the text.
2: Usually Yes.
0: Okay. That's good to know. I will
2: definitively answer that.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, who else other than you is doing some exciting things with LinkedIn video just so people can kind of wrap their brain around the other creators on the platform?
2: Sure. You don't have so to name
0: their of- name. You don't have to name their names, but just let's talk about some of the types of content people are creating on, on LinkedIn.
2: Sure. So I'm so fascinated by the really interesting content. So once again, of course, like I said, the shaky vlogs. I'm so glad people are just creating content in general, but that's to me not necessarily the content that interests me. What interests me is unusual use of LinkedIn video. So there is a whole subset of construction workers really? on LinkedIn, yes, who are documenting the, you know, paving a freeway on LinkedIn video. Wow. They're documenting you know, laying pipes across half a city. This, I find that so fascinating and what a beautiful use of LinkedIn video because it's so visual and it's not an interview, it's not a tutorial, but it's showing their work and it's showing how well they do their work. And isn't that part of what you want people to know off LinkedIn is how well do you do your work? So that's one. By the way,
0: marketers listening right now that heard the word documenting, you might be thinking about the word documentary, which is essentially the same concept or the word vlogging, which is exactly the same concept. So the concept behind documenting your your video is really just showing what you're doing. And that's not complicated if you're doing things that are show worthy. So keep going.
2: Exactly. If you're doing things that are show worthy. So I think that's a very interesting subset of content creators on LinkedIn. I also think that there's a really beautiful subset of creators on LinkedIn who are documenting once again, uh, their transition from one career to another. And I love this because they'll, they'll do videos say once a week and they'll say, okay, so I'm for example, ex-military and I've started applying for jobs. Now I'm starting to do this. Now I'm starting to do this. And before you'd see this on LinkedIn as an article that took uh, two or three months to do, right? Because then they documented from the start to the finish. But now you're seeing it in real time on LinkedIn video, and I think that is also really wonderful because you're now able to track along real time with people's careers and people's goals and brand goals as well. So that I think is another interesting use of LinkedIn video, which is to document in real time what is happening.
0: Goldie, Um, um, I know you probably have one more, but before you go there, do you happen is there any kind of like Any place that is kind of uh, a repository of some of the interesting things people are doing with video on LinkedIn that people could go and kind of look?
2: So unfortunately, no, there is no central repository for video, which is which is why I've been pushing hashtag LinkedIn creators. Hmm. So that way, anyone who creates videos will use this hashtag So you will be served usually video content. If you look for this particular hashtag or hashtag LinkedIn video. Cool. Pretty self-explanatory. Did you have one more (laughs) example
0: you wanted to share before we wrap things up?
2: Um, You know what? The other, the last thing that I think is really, really fun on LinkedIn video is when you're getting just a really great, really visual slice of life. Mm. Um, and these are videos that are of course popular on Instagram, but for different reasons, um, they're usually a little bit more above PG rated <laughs> on Instagram, but on LinkedIn, you're starting to get people who sometimes do slice of life. And I mean, appropriate slice of life, right? So speaking at a conference, um, traveling, um, collaborating with other business partners. So slice of life that once again, furthers you and other people's brains as to what your brand is and what your goals are. So I think that's another really great and interesting use of LinkedIn video.
0: Goldie Chan, first of all, thank you. I could talk to you for another hour easily. Um, Why don't you tell everyone where they can discover more about you and all the amazing things you've got going on?
2: Sure. So you can, of course, always follow me on LinkedIn. That's linkedin.com slash in slash goldie g-o-l-d-i-e you can follow me on twitter at goldie chan g-o-l-d-i-e c-h-a-n or you can follow my really fun instagram at goldie cylon g-o-l-d-i-e c-y-l-o-n
0: thank you so much goldie for coming on and sharing all your wisdom it was awesome
2: thank you so much for having me
0: well i hope you find a lot of value in today's interview By the way, Goldie will be speaking at Social Media Marketing World 2019. So check it out by visiting socialmediaworld19.com. And if there is anything we mentioned in today's episode and you missed it, we take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 329. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world.
1: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.